Det er sjelden jeg får være sammen med en yngre og en eldre konsertpianist samtidig. Men i dag i hovedstaden har vi nettopp det. Jens Harald Brattli har i en mannsalder vært konsertpianist, professor i klaver ved Norges Musikkhøyskole og bringer av sin rike erfaring. Og doktor Dragos André Cantea fra Romania som bor i Norge, han er en ung fremadstormende konsertpianist, og vi bringer dem sammen for å drøfte betydningen av den yngre og den eldre i samarbeid, og hvordan de er ulike, og hvordan de har felles opplevelser, og også hva troens dimensjon betyr for dem begge. Så følg veldig godt med. Well, Professor Jens Harald Bratli, that was quite a, a piece that you played together with uh, Dr. Dragos Kantea. Yeah, it was a well-known piece by all Norwegians, I would suppose. It has been used in many um, uh, vignettes and so on. The Norwegian Dance Number no. 2 by Edward Grieg. And it was the, the original version for four hands on one piano. And now we're together. And uh, I had you on my show back in June of 2020, Dragos André Cantea. And since then, you've become a doctor of music. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. and glad that I can be here again. Uh, and how is it to be a Romanian in Norway now, Dragos? Well, nothing much has changed. Yeah, I'm much more accommodated now, you know. 
with the society and how everything works artistically as well. I love Scandinavia and for me I think it works amazing to be able to promote Romania here in Norway and to promote Norway in Romania, so to establish lots of bilateral initiatives between Romania and Norway. And you do a lot of travel uh, around Europe uh, playing uh, concerts? Yeah, of course, as often as possible. Yeah, Scandinavia, Switzerland, yeah, a bit of Italy, uh, the United Kingdom, of course. So uh, it's nice to keep uh, engaged in the artistic world. And uh, Dr. Jens Halle-Bratli, of course, you were the uh, professor of uh, piano at uh, uh, the Norwegian Music College or University College, and you were uh, the uh, rector there. And you are a concert pianist for decades. Uh, how is it to be 73 uh, pianist? <laughs> well, it's nice. I mean, uh, I look back and I'm very grateful for everything I've been through. Been uh, very active on the concert scene uh, internationally. So, but now, of course, it's uh, much less. And uh, it's uh, fine to hear that uh, Dragos is very active. Sure. And that's how it should be. That's very, very good. But uh, I play from time to time uh, myself these times too. Hey, you had a concert just the other day. Yeah, so, uh, so still active and uh, feel uh, as long as you are, have the health and uh, ability to, exactly. to still play. So Now, it, what do you say? Isn't it good to to hear a young man, he'll be 30 soon, Dragos, uh, playing and seeing that young people also come up? Yes, of course, it's, it's how it should be. And uh, someone like Dragos, I heard him just once, but uh, I was very impressed what uh, he did that time, uh, this musicianship I can feel that you, that you, you have, and it was uh, easy to communicate. Uh, yeah, I can relate you, to that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, because we were on the same uh, on the same page, on the yeah, same yeah, energy, yes. absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, United by Beethoven in that regard. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh. And for for you, Dragos, to have a uh, a man like Jens Harabrotli who's cheering you on, that must also be important. Well, of course, but but for me, it's actually a very special place to be now here today because I'm talking to the mentor of my mentor. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the reason I first came to know it, it was it is Howard Gimse who was my professor here at the Norwegian Academy of Music. And to be able to talk now uh, with you and Jens Harald, which is Hovard's professor, it's really special for me. And uh, this generation, this exchange of know-how uh, between our generations is uh, really special. Yeah. And, and I think, the, uh, I was thinking about uh, age difference. Uh, I have, uh, in my life, I never thought so much about that. Uh, <laughs> we, we are musicians. We are human beings, or if we are 70 or we are, if we are 20, we communicate. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes we don't even think of the age difference. Uh, so uh, th that's how it should be. Uh, between, and to be 73 doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know so much more. It can it can be the opposite. Yeah, and I <laughs> can totally and I can totally relate to that. Even now, yeah. I have students who are younger than me, and I'm, you know, I've been blown away by their abilities and by uh, also by their musical perception and thoughts as well. 
And uh, also talking about having a musical friend, it's so important for me, and I think even for you, doesn't matter the age. When you have a concert coming up and you have a fresh repertoire to perform, you have to play it for one of your friends to exchange some ideas and to test it, to see the reactions and everything. So, uh, of course, uh, friendship in music is really important, regardless of the age. So, so really, the concept of generational gap in, among musicians, you wouldn't no. say that is very realistic? No, I, no I, I, I never thought so much about that. Yeah, because we, I've, uh, in my professional life, uh, besides my concertizing, I've been teaching for 45 years in the uh, Norwegian Academy of Music and been working with young people all the time. And uh, as we say, you learn uh, when you have pupils, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you learn yourself. And it's communication and, and uh, it's growing, growing together. Mm. That's the important thing. That uh, sometimes, you know, um, I studied in Paris myself, and maybe you could you could have some impression that uh, you were very inferior of the professor. Mm. <laughs> uh, more in, in that um, part of the world, maybe uh, nothing wrong about um, Paris. I mean, it's a, a very a nice place to have studied. But I think maybe we here in Scandinavia are more, you know, Definitely. same level. Yeah, peer level. Yeah. 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 More of an equilibrium, I yes. would say. Yeah, yeah. Here. yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, the, the, the Norwegian Academy of Music uh, you've been teaching for 45 years yes. must have produced a lot of great musicians. Well, <laughs> that's... Uh, um, thing to produce, as you say. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I like to say that I, I never have thought very, very much about my students, my production, because the, the fact is that everyone learns from many sources. You help people. Uh, I hope I could have helped many people. Uh, during the years, but I don't think for a minute that they have learned only from me. No, no. Some of my students, when he practiced together with some compatriots, maybe this friend would have said something very liberating to him. So, uh, so that could be a very important thing for that person to develop in. So I must always think that we learn from many sources and we help each other. There's no talking about my students, my production. No. But we grow together. That's exactly. the important thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Dragos, uh, Dr. Dragos Kantea, uh, you're both uh, believers, you're both Christians. Uh, what is the significance of faith in God uh, as a musician? Hmm. Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I think it's important. I mean, I think I, I've been telling this before, but even the notations that we use on our musical scores, you know, those have been invented by an Italian monk in the 11th uh, century. Whether we, that's why we say adagio, that's why we say uh, the tempos are in Italian, all the markings. Uh, now, in the life of a concert pianist, of course, faith becomes very important just before a concert. <laughs> when you're very nervous, you feel like you have to release yourself into uh, some stronger authority's hands. Uh, but uh, apart from that, 
everything that we study, and I can relate even to music of Mozart, for instance, his name Wolfgang Amadeus, the love of God. I think that can say a lot about his music, for instance, and uh, uh, how spiritual it can be and how it can enrich our own playing by studying it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what does faith in God mean for you in music? Um, the faith is the fundament. That's my identity. That's very important to have in mind uh, because they give you a perspective of the music. As a music, to be a, a professional pianist, that's a, a métier uh, that, that you have to learn, you have to study, you have to work very hard. I mean, uh, you don't necessarily um, um, become a better musician as such, uh, even if you are a believer. Yeah, so, so it's not uh, enough. Yeah. yeah, but but you have to, to really work to be a, to be a good. But you can have a, a perspective, and you can, uh, in your professional life, live in faith in, in uh, with Jesus every day, yeah. and uh, it has to do with how you treat people, yeah. how you meet people, how you meet your audience, how you look at things, uh, at music as, as a gift from heaven. And many of the great composers, they take, took it for granted that it was a, a father in heaven that gave them this ability. You know, uh, was it Joseph Haydn who wrote Solitaire Gloria, as a God, only God is the glory or so. Yeah. so um, and so that, that's very important to underline that uh, God has given us the, the possibility to work. There's there's no shortcut in, uh, in in being a musician if you are a believer that you can do a shortcut. No, no, no. You have to work uh, as well, of course. Yeah. So uh, God gave us this wonderful earth with all these possibilities and he gave us all, us all our abilities and we have a task to develop it and to use it and use it for good for the good uh, and uh, i think the the life with the lord will give us ideas on how we should use things of course, uh, concerts and so on, that's not the place for preaching normally. That can be a special occasions when you self-arrange something with a, uh, some thematic theme. Uh, it could be something spiritual, of course, but the normal uh, concert life is, you know, we present good music as we love. Yeah. Uh, really love and give to people because music is so important for music, for people's life. Yeah. Uh, now, what is it that makes a concert successful, uh, Dragos? As a relatively young man, what what do you strive to make happen? Well, I think it's a difference in perception of what a successful concert is. Because if you ask me, probably I will tell that I had four or five successful concerts in my life so far. 
and that's a lot. <laughs> uh, but if you ask the audience, they might be more happy than I am at some points. Um, so from my point of view, um, if I'm considering that the audience needs to be pleased, uh, then I can say that's the most important factor. If someone who pays a ticket and goes home satisfied, then that means it's happy. That doesn't mean necessarily that I'm happy. That doesn't mean that I have fulfilled my mission uh, to present the work as good or as uh, meaningful as I wanted it to be, maybe. Uh, and that I didn't pay my dues to the composer, maybe. Sometimes I actually think of myself as being the messenger between the composer's idea to the audience. And sometimes I might not be as satisfied with how I present that message, let's say. So my point is factors that determine the success of a concert are very much variables and that di di differ from one individual to, to another. I'm pretty sure you have yes, yes. your fair share of, yeah. of an answer here. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jens Hadrotli? No, I think my friend here, he, he presents this very well. It's like that. Of course, you give all that you have and you prepare yourself uh, as to the uh, utmost mm. and go on stage without being fully prepared, that is unprofessional. You should be very, very good uh, prepared and you, you must give what you have. I mean, uh, and we, uh, in that lucky situation that these great composers they have created music which are so rich that there are room for different people to play it. Mm. We have different nuances and we played exactly the same notes, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, but with different uh, nuances and different uh, underlines, we can hear that there are a different uh, interpretation, but within frames, of course. Uh, also different between Bach and Messiaen. I mean, it's difference between Beethoven and Prokofiev. Yeah, the stylistics are yeah. different, yeah. So, uh, but to be successful, we are seldom very happy with ourselves. We know the failures <laughs> we have done, but hopefully the public didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the point. You should never do uh, show that you miss something. Yeah. Uh, you should never make a, a face or anything that shows that you are you are not satisfied with yourself. Because then it's you in center. It should be the music in center. Yeah. That should be. You should. So it's only a, um, a place in life where you are allowed to uh, cover up your sins. <laughs> <laughs> that is. On the concert stage, because the music is important and not you self. But otherwise, you should not cover your sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't this fascinating, uh, Dragos, to hear a seasoned concert pianist who speaks with such uh, maturity about this? I mean, this proves once again that there is no, not a real generation gap. Maybe no, no. in uh, all sorts of experience regarding the industry, the classical music industry, that things are different now. But in terms of what it hides behind our practice rooms, you know, uh, that's kind of the same. And I think it's been the same for ages and it will be the same for ages. Uh, I would just want to add up on one thing that Jens Harald said uh, previously about how we hopefully each 
we all play the same notes. And I think that's so important that we, each of us, pays specific attention to the, every single detail of the score. Because, funny enough, if Jens Harald pays very much attention to the score and I pay the same amount of attention to the same score, our performances will still differ because we are different people. So by what he understands by Riternuto, I will understand in a different value. So even though it's the same notation in the same musical phrase, the same notes, we will play it differently. And I think that's the key to originality and being uh, uh, you know, genuine. Follow the composer, follow the main wish behind the, the main meaning behind the music, and it will be original. Yes. It's, it's uh, in fact, the spiritual things, the emotions and the spirit. You know, the score is there, and you can read it, you know, and if you don't have this uh, as a musical mind, you can follow the scores and it will be very dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you have a musical mind, it is like having, you know, the Holy Spirit to know, to show you what is in the word. The word can be very closed and you can study the word without really understanding. But when you have the light from the Holy Spirit, it, it, it comes to life. Yeah. And that is uh, what uh, uh, the Lord has given uh, us, uh, this ability to understand the meaning of the music, the life, the life in music. So it becomes uh, life when we play, hopefully. <laughs> well, for me as a pastor, uh, yeah. listening to the two of you and knowing both of you is uh, really a blessing, I must say. And I think uh, understanding and appreciating the power of the music that God has given both of you. Now, at the end, uh, Dr. Dragos, Dragos Kantea, you're going to play a piece for us. Yeah, and I selected one of uh, Enrique Granados' uh, Goescas, um, uh, which is, are basically musical paintings, if you want, um, describing the um, romance of Spain and their beautiful lifestyle. And the selection that I chose is uh, Quejas o La Maja y el Ruiz Señor, which means uh, basically uh, lament or the maiden and uh, the uh, mockingbird. So it's a very loving dialogue between a girl sharing her fears uh, about life and in general and having a loving dialogue with uh, a mockingbird who hopefully consoles her. Thank you to both of you for this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having us.